The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood Redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Okay. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. Northside Long Beach. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture tech news from a black and brown geek perspective. Um, we went from 1987 to 2015 with this opening song, uh, Vince Staples. Song I'm listening to right now, a song Achilles Keely seems to hate. <laughs> I don't hate. All right, you didn't hate it. Um, we're here. We're in the building. We got lots to talk about. Um, lots to let you know about. Want to get some of those Star Wars stories that we didn't get to last week. Want to talk some tech news, some pop culture news. Want to tell you about DraftKings, which I'm really into. Um, but before I do that, how you doing, Akili? I'm doing all right, man. Hanging in there, hanging in there, brother. Yep. How about yourself? I'm doing great, actually. Excellent. I'm doing. I'm doing real good right now. Um, I'm, I'm excited about these topics that we have yes, to sir. talk about. Um, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so I want to get into uh, Uber and Lyft. Uber and Lyft in LAX. This is, you know, for for us, we live here in Los Angeles. Um, we know that Uber and Lyft has always have some have had some difficulties with some cities and some areas where the taxi cab culture is very entrenched. Oh yeah, one being uh, Las Vegas, uh, New York being another, and LA and LAX. The taxi cab drivers drivers were really upset about Uber coming in and snatching up their folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, understandably so. So the Uber and Lyft drivers have fought this thing and fought. It and fought it and fought it and looks like the they people won. have won. The people have won at least here in LA. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this? I think it's awesome. I mean, the whole concept of Uber is 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 giving us the the the, the word of disruption. We use that kind of like in our lingo now. And I think to, uh, you know, a company that's you know maybe going on four years old, five years old has disrupted a whole industry that right. has gone on for generations. And so I think because it's crowdsourced, it's people based. I think it's a great win. I mean, it's a new way of doing business, a new way of transporting people. It's employing people. People are able to be self employed and make money. And I think having the limitation of being able to scoop people from the airport hindered hindered people's ability to to, to provide for their families. So I think it's a good thing. And I think that the the, the taxi drivers that are complaining, they got to adapt. Right. They got to figure out. A new way. So, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the one point that was brought up that I never really thought about is the idea of having um, all these drivers sort of fingerprinted and tracked because uh, of possible terrorist things and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I mean, on one hand, it's no different than I go to the airport all the time. No one's tracking me. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, these are official. There's a whole influx of new people that are coming into the airport. So maybe there's something to that. Um, but whatever. Look. I'm with you. I think it's fantastic. So, uh, all, all props to Uber and Uber drivers. It makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Last point, I'm interested to see if they'll have you know a, a string of victories in other cities. What do you think? I, th- I think they will. I, you know, I think that this is look. This is just this is just um, what capitalism is about. I feel like that the competition makes everyone better. I mean, cap, cap, the, the taxi cab industry has to step their game up. They've got to re- really step re- your game up. Yeah, they got to really reinvent themselves. I mean, these cab companies are sort of leaning back on the fact that we are 
we can we do what we do we cabs like that's not good enough yeah. you know i mean in las vegas they're living on that like hey our whole ecosystem depends on these cabs so we ain't doing shit right so i get that but you know i don't know Right, we'll see. We will definitely see. Uh, moving on, this is something that is somewhat surprising, but it's not. Uh, there's a new study out that's saying like drivers aren't necessarily so excited about all this new connectivity. This is something that JD Power and Associates, uh, who's known for their sort of their their auto or uh, for all their sort of surveys and analysis, has, has looked at in 2015, and all this connectivity. We, you know, the, the Apple drive, the Apple stuff, and, and, the, and the Google stuff, CarPlay. and the car, uh, yeah, CarPlay and the Android audio, um, aren't, aren't, aren't really doing so well. And the reason being, they found out that like only like people use like something like 23% or like 20% of, 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 of the stuff on the, or 20% of owners only use all that stuff, yeah. which is nothing. But it makes sense to me because nobody explains this shit to nobody. Like the whole thing is it, it, it what, what they're saying is it, it goes up when the dealer go, takes the time to explain you w- what this stuff is and you see the benefits of it. Right. And if you don't, you just use your old shit. Right. That's just human nature. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's exactly right. And then from the, from the, from the developer side or the manufa- manufacturer side, you're spending billions of dollars a year to implement this technology into vehicles that people aren't utilizing. It's almost like a waste. Yeah. And then also, I mean, if they're not using it now and you know, the next year is going to be a newer, fresher, um, iteration of the uh-huh. technology. It's like, okay, so why, why are we investing so much time and money? But I, I mean, and, and also, the younger, the younger generation, those are the ones that are hip to the newer technology. They yeah. may, may or may not be of driving age yet. So it's like, okay, so there's, there's a, there's a breach in, in information in terms of like, hey, the educational process of how to use the technology in the right. vehicle. I don't, I, I can't relate to that. Like, I love the technology. Yeah, I mean, vehicle, I think it's all fantastic, but you and I are, are different. You right. and I are very specific demographic. And I think that there's, there's a couple things at play here. Number one, well, to your point, if you're the manufacturer and you're spending millions and millions of dollars or billions of dollars in, in this case to roll this out, it's actually your responsibility to make sure that people People are the training is there and that the information is out there. I feel like if I'm Google or Apple and I'm spending all this money just into cars, then I'm spending, I'm doing a giant Apple PR campaign to let people know about CarPlay. Let them know what it does. Like right. you can't just put the shit in there and expect nobody to you know expect people to know stuff. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing is you hit on the head. Millennials are the people who who love adopt this new technology. Two things. Number one, they're not old enough to drive. A lot more old enough to drive. The ones that are old enough to drive aren't buying these aren't buying brand new cars. Right. You know, and if they are buying brand new cars, they're not buying brand new cars that are equipped, fully equipped with Apple Play and Google Auto. Well, this is my thing. If you're buying a new car and you're using the technology, or you're not using the technology, what the fuck difference does it make? You bought right. the car. Yeah, exactly. This is like, like Easy said about his records when they when they when they were steamrolling the records, and he's like, they bought them shits. Yeah. So like, why does it matter if they, right. they know how to use the radio or know how to connect their, their iPhones? It, it, to it? It's very, it's very true. It's more of a JD Power. I think this is uh, this speaks to the larger picture of of, of of like the podcast industry, for instance, or is really really ramping up, and it's almost like a bubble and a ballooning and uh, sort of like. Uh, a new influx of like of podcasts and things like that in anticipation for uh, these things being available on Android and in cars okay. and whatnot. So okay. there is a, there is something to be said about like oh what if what if it's almost like a weird scare thing. What if nobody listens? What are we doing now? But that, I'm not worried about any of that. It's yeah. just, it's just, it just takes time for technology. Not, to sort of I mean, it's, it's not like we're you're asking drivers to code while they're driving. Like, yeah, it's very exactly. simple stuff. Yeah, well, I think, the, I think the education has to be there. And also, last thing I'll say is, like, you know, the, the, these luxury cars and the cars that have this stuff are usually bought by older folks, you know, old, older folks, 40 and up. 
35 and up. Uh, sometimes Don't bo- try to put my age group in there. <laughs> <laughs> 40 and up. The, the baby boomers and whatnot. I know baby boomers. Mom, like My mom is by, by the car. She would not even look at... She shut the screen down. Hey, my mom's complete opposite. And keep driving. Like, should be hitting the, the, the touch yeah. screen. Like, yo, how can I figure this out? My mom's like, mom be like, there's something to do with the, uh, how do you oh, shut it down? Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, all right. So, um, next, uh, we have, oh, this is Twitch. This is, this is, this is cool. So YouTube, YouTube talk, I, I love this story because YouTube's talk, uh, is, is launching this sort of gamer only channel. Which I think is a fantastic idea. I think that for me, like you know, I, you know I'm not I'm not the game. I, I used to call myself a gamer, but I'm not really the gamer I used to be. But I think that there's a hugely, hugely as underserved as a gaming as much. I'm sorry, I didn't put this another point. As much money as the gaming industry is making, billions of dollars. Yeah. As much money as you know, these when a, when a title drops, it makes two hundred million dollars the first day or whatever. As much money as is generating more than the film industry. Still, yeah. um, I feel like that. All the other markets, all the other areas are still, gamers are still underserved. And the fact that, like, you can go on YouTube and watch playthroughs that get, like, 10 million hits, 3 million hits mm-hmm. on a full playthrough for, like, 70 minutes, yeah. like, is, is insane to me. So I think YouTube is finally looking at those numbers come in and decide that we're going to dedicate something for, for gamers only. And that's kind of what they did. And not, and not just that, man. You got to think within the, especially within the last maybe five to seven years, when we, when we talk about gaming, we often don't mention mobile gaming, which, which is the great a point. big piece of the market share. So it's great yeah, point. a lot of people are on their phone playing games. They want to be on Twitch and, and do the same thing that they're doing if they have an Xbox or they have a, 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 a PlayStation. So I think for that reason, it's a great move for YouTube. They already monetize their stuff, the, all their video content. So to niche it out and to, to deliver it something direct to a specific audience, game lovers, I think it's a great move. Yeah, I think it's a great move too. I think, I think it's, I think it's, Fantastic! It's very smart. Uh, they tried to buy Twitch, which is Amazon, um, uh, which Amazon got for nine hundred seventy million dollars. Uh, you know, Twitch has one point five million total broadcasters oh, yeah. with a hundred million unique views a month. Right. I mean, this is. I mean, I, I can't believe this. Is how how under. I mean, like how people are just. This is flying below all the content makers. Hollywood's radar is flying, but flying underneath so? it. I really do. I think the people in like in our business and, and the people who are like in our business, meaning like the television and, and, and sort of film business and entertainment business and, uh, um, at large here in Hollywood, don't really aren't really getting down and seeing these numbers. I feel like that's more of a Silicon Valley thing that they're right. seeing these numbers and an ad and, 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 and a Madison Avenue thing. Like right. Madison Avenue and Silicon Valley are all over these numbers and like we need to capitalize. Whereas Hollywood's like, yeah, those gamer kids. And I just think there's some missed opportunities there. So um, that's okay. They can, they can leave their money on the table if they want to. Um, hey, man. Speaking of leaving money on the table, uh, I, I joined DraftKings and, um, we, we, we're doing a big sort of DraftKings promotion here. DraftKings, are you hip to DraftKings at all? Yeah. DraftKings is, so I'm a big fantasy football guy. I'm in, a, I'm, in I'm in one. I do one big league, uh, every year. I might do a second one, but it, I supplement that with some DraftKings and DraftKings is a mobile, it was not, it's, it's basically a, a way to play fantasy football, uh, every single week with a re- restarting every week. The way fantasy football normally works is you pick your team, you go throughout the whole season and the whole thing, which is fan too. Some people just want to go week to week. Right. And the thing about uh, DraftKings is you can play anybody, anywhere, multiple people, and you win, win, win real yeah. money. Yeah. Like real money. Like, um, I mean, 
they, they like they, they, they gave away two two million dollars to first place and, and a million to second place. Yeah. Like that's like real money. And, and then also you go week to week and week. The commitments aren't as long. Um, it's it's a really fun way to play. Is it fantasy as usual as you usually know it? Um, and yeah, it's it's it, it's fantastic. And and so what we're doing here is if you want to get started, uh, you can go to DraftKings.com. Use the promo code Geek. And you can play free. G-double-E-K. Um, yes, right. Geek. <laughs> play free for the shot at $2 million first prize and a $1 million um, second prize. So that that makes sense. I mean, um, your money, Doc. I mean enter, enter Geek now for free entry at drafts.com. That's drafts.com. Sorry, draftkings.com. Excuse me. Geek at draftkings.com. So go to draftkings.com. Check that out. Welcome to the big time. Uh, I love this. Catch a fade, homie. Uh, I don't really lose though. So this was, this was good to me. I don't really lose. I, I I'm pretty good. I've made the Super Bowl the playoffs every year in my. Uh, I won the Super Bowl one year in my league, so I'm pretty strong. Right, uh, well, if you're so strong, man, right, bring home that million. I might have to bring home that million. If I, that's actually winning that two million. <laughs> two million is first place. You can get the million for second. <laughs> Because you get in second place. All right. right. So so moving on. So check that out, DraftKings.com, promo code GEEK. Uh, All right. So speaking of, um, you know, well, this is from this 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 run this this Facebook story. Uh, Facebook has launched something called M, which is their human powered assistant, and this is sort of an answer to when M played him. That's right. <laughs> this is an answer to to, to Siri and uh, for Apple that uh, you know, and, and my girlfriend and Cortana, Cortana. for Cortana for um for well, for uh for the Google whatever that stuff is that uh, Alexis uses that I don't know about. Um this is interesting because this is actually the idea of using a human per essentially a real human to answer these questions um with, with, with a dual purpose. Number one, it gives you more ability to do more things. So for instance you can say like, hey plan my vacation, M right. or hey M like, you know, uh, make some dinner reservations for me, stuff that Siri can't do. I but, mean the difference between um Siri and, and Cortana is that both of those are just purely technology based yep. versus M. It, it is technology based. It is a, uh, um, but it's also fused with more human, inter- more human um, connectivity. So it has it has both. It has an actual human that's answering questions yep. and directing you, but also has the the, the, the algorithm and the technology built into it. Well, I think that the the reason for that is because. AI has to learn from somewhere. So the idea right. is that, like you teaching, you're teaching the artificial intelligence these things, these nuances of, of, of human interaction that you can't just write in code. Right. So you've got to teach it. Like they use an example of like, look at all the cats on on on, on the internet and find the best cat video. We have, we got to show the AI what a cat looks like, what right. a cat video looks like. So I think that this is a way. You know, if you do this, this is an experiment that'll happen over a couple of years, and then the idea being after a couple of years, the AI will have absorbed all of this information. And is able to learn all this and do right. it themselves. I think this which is, is a scary. Great, I think this is a great move because of our dependency on Google for anything that we question or we want to search for. Like the the the, the straightaway, you know, thing that we do is hop on Google.com and plug in our question. Right. Versus now, like Facebook is trying to compete with that, obviously, um, and and have people stay in the Facebook ecosystem. So if if you have a question or if you have something you're seeking out or you want to purchase something or whatever whatever it may be, right. now you can do it through. Through M and stay in the, stay within the Facebook parameters, which right. I think I mean is big money for them. I mean, Facebook just continues to make move. I, I got I got a hand to it. I don't use Facebook, but <laughs> I got a hand to it. They keep making move a 
after move after Man. move, yeah. right? And, and, and the, the innovation there, and it's all about the money and innovation. Their commitment to innovation is is pretty strong, and their comp- and their commitment to sort of staying on top. It's not just we're going to scoop up every new technology like Snapchat or whatever. We're going to scoop up all stuff that comes up, but it's also we're going to innovate. Yeah, they're building and scooping. Yeah, so I so, mean. I really, really, it's a really good, you know, that company is really doing some great things. It's hard for me to, like, hate on them as much as I do, but I do. I mean, mean, they're they're in the top, top contenders. Uh, Speaking of Facebook, though, they're also, there's some interesting things. This is kind of one of my overall favorite topics, which is sort of like the legal curve and the technology curve, how far ahead the legal curve is. So much farther ahead than technology curve and, and when those things intersect and when these things come up. Because we just go, you know, whether it's Moore's Law, whether it's another thing, we just continue to just, you know, develop and develop and technology, technology, technology. And the le- technology moves fast. Legal and lawmaking moves slow. Yeah. So, like, that's kind <laughs> of... Slow-mo. That's interesting. So we have this interesting case here where um, this woman named Stacey Maddox, who's who's a fan of your favorite show, The Game, on, on, yeah. on BET. That's right. That's right. You, and, um, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my number one show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so the game has been around for a long time and it has a lot of fans. And this is a very interesting, also television story as well. They, they the game was canceled, like canceled, gone. And uh, this woman, Stacey Maddox, started her, her started an independent Facebook page, sort of a campaign to sort of bring the game back. Or sort of, really, 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 it was just sort of like a fan page. Yeah. And she started collecting a. Dr- ridiculous amount of likes up to the tune of like a hundred thousand likes a week oh yeah and then got more than six million social media fans and like these numbers were like if, if they had those numbers on tv they would be set oh yeah so they took a look at that and said well i got six million fans like that's enough people to have this <laughs> to watch this show every week right so they brought it back on the strength of that and the issue is they brought it back on your favorite network BET, yeah. my favorite show, my favorite network. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, they <laughs> uh, what's interesting about this is they uh, BET was savvy enough to sort of say, "Hey, we're going to bring you in." Savvy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're often used with BET and, and, and marketing. Uh, they're savvy enough to come in and bring Stacey in and say, "Like, hey, we're going to you know make you our official social media person for yeah, this and show you, and pay you thirty bucks an hour. We're going to pay you big money, big money, thirty bucks an hour. <laughs> Good looking out." You you do whatever you do in the Facebook world, and so she's like, "Yeah, that's not enough money." Nah. And they're like, "What do you mean, man? We're BT. Like, get out of here." So this led to a big lawsuit uh, or a lawsuit over between St- between Stacy sort of suing BET and back and forth, and ultimately she lost. And the, and took the L, man. Took a huge L to to the tune of four hundred thousand dollars in legal fees, but she lost because the idea is. There's no proprietary ownership of likes, and more importantly, there's no proprietary ownership of likes because Facebook owns. You you can't own a Facebook page that Facebook owns. Right. So the idea that you're playing in this sandbox of Facebook doesn't mean that you're an owner. And it's like it's it's, it's a microcosm to show you about what my my fear of the entire Facebook universe. But explain how which is you don't own your shit. Explain how BET owns it then. Well, they, 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 are you, you play devil's advocate. Is this what I you surely is, is this what you would say in the courtroom I'm, I'm, to the judge? I surely would. Okay. What I well, I would say BT owns it because BT owns the IP. BT owns. They the didn't. In, they didn't own the IP before she started it. BT owns the intellectual property of the game. So not before she started the Facebook page. But she well, we, we're talking about the the Facebook page, or we're talking about the, the the game. She started a Facebook page about the game. Yeah, before right? BET bought the IP. Right. So how does how does BET own the Facebook page? Well, 
I don't know, man. I'm not Come a on, man. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just saying that it's they bullshit, ruled. Man, the little people. It's, it's the little people. <laughs> they said they, they just ruled that she can't own something that Facebook owns, but Facebook clearly is okay. I guess maybe Facebook's okay with BET owning it, but not okay with the little girl. With the little, little girl, excuse me. With with the Stacey Maddox owning that's it. That's what I'm saying. So how do you feel? Okay, I can't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the black ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That, um, okay, so um, explain to me. Well, how do you feel about this situation? I know, I know that you're. That, do you, what, what kind of is this setting the wrong precedent? The right precedent is this? This is a really interesting case to me. It's an interesting case because, yeah, like it. It, yep. it in, a, in a way, she did all the groundwork, all the heavy lifting to to create. I mean, she didn't create the the the, the platform because that's what Facebook created, but right. she used the technology to be able to bring fans in and create a conversation. Yep. And that ramped up to them re- revitalizing the show, bringing the show back. So yeah. I feel like for Facebook to come in and be like, nah, chick, you don't own this. BET owns it. Or, or to, to decide who owns it, I think, I don't know, that's a bit unfair. Well, but because you sign your the terms and services and conditions and all that stuff, like you have no argument. Yeah, exactly. This is this is less about what's fair and more about precedent for Facebook side. This is Facebook's reminding you that you don't own shit on Facebook. Nah, you, you, you're, you're, you don't own your own information. You're, you're basically renting this space for free. Yeah. You can put all the pictures up you want. You yep. can put all the information up you want. You can show all the naked pictures you want, whatever you want to do. Yep. They can't do that, but like whatever you want to do. But guess who owns all of this? Not you. Right. And so this is another reminder of that. And the second that they say that Facebook allows them to say, oh yeah, you, you can make money off the stuff that you own off our site, then they are in huge trouble. But that's, that's huge trouble with all these views, with one billion users. I have to study this story more because, say, you or I create something, mm-hmm. and a company comes along and um, gets, gets, I don't know, a company comes along and builds something around our initial central idea, and now, and now they they blow up that they blow up the idea and want to want to. Uh, Cannibalize our our Facebook page. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Well, the, the, what that says to you is, don't develop that shit on Facebook. Find another platform to develop that stuff on. Find something that's more pr- proprietary to you. Like what? That you can, uh, I don't know, anything WordPress. For no, if I'm uh, trying to build, Wix. I'm trying to build my audience. <laughs> I'm trying to right. have likes and comments and have a, a platform for discussion. What other platform would it be? Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that the, the the actual IP, the thing, has to has to exist and live somewhere else. Now I'm now I'm turned to a lawyer, and then you have to utilize those other things like Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat as tools to supplement that. Some you can't bullshit. build you can't build your house on the foundation of Facebook and then be like, I own this mug, right? Because Facebook's like, no, you don't. Okay. And but the, the ones the big fault here is BET. BET just did them did her so dirty. Like, us, hey, I, we try to offer you thirty dollars I mean, an hour. Thirty dollars. Now you didn't want that, and they try to sell, they try to settle for it. Like we offered her ninety nine thousand uh, dollars uh, salary. No, left for a salary of eighty two thousand right. dollars a year, which is terrible. Then they offered her uh, about a hundred, almost a hundred thousand dollars settlement. All right. Here's a hundred grand. Here's a hundred grand. Let me make for this go your, away. For all your trouble. It's fine. I mean, meanwhile, legal fees are somewhere about a half a million dollars. Same so right. It's, it's, same it's, right. I don't know what they're doing, people, but you know. <laughs> BET, boy. See, man. I, I don't know. You, you get to talk to your network over there. Nah, man. <laughs> you talk to your people at BET. Same and, right, and get, man. Get, get, get it right over there. All right, so uh, moving on. Oh, I got completely lost. Where am I? No idea where I am. Oh, here I am. All right. Uh, okay, this is a really quick story. 3D printed drugs are here. I think this is this is perfect for you. Hey, it's perfect man, for you, man. I 3D can't. print you some coke. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Print <laughs> the rocks. Exactly. <laughs> I'm making so much money printing these rocks. Uh, no, hey, you, uh, you don't need. <laughs> 
You don't need to be in the kitchen to get you a 3D no, printer. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need to cook up nothing. Wow. Cooking days are over. That's crazy. Uh, no, seriously. No, I, I, I don't. I don't cook rocks. Ladies and gentlemen out there, we don't condone that behavior anyway. But, but 3D printing. Um, this is cool because the, the normal technology or the normal way of, of making drugs, which are these press sort of like very specific machines, this this one drug in particular, able to 3D print, you're able to layer the ingredients to the drug. It's, it's supposed to be get, get the dosage in just right. Uh, that seems cool, but as we always talked about with 3D printing and with anything, cloning, any, any sort of technologies, what's the other side of that? People printing ecstasy pills, printing people printing other stuff. So, And not just that, I mean... Do you know if it's the right you know, proportion of material yeah. of um, chemicals and materials? No. Like, how do you know if, if you're 3D printing something that's just slightly off and it just makes you start? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, that, that's all. That, I mean, that, that's that, that, well, that's that's where this is going. People being able to make stuff at you know illegally because this what we're talking about now is FDA approved and they're doing this. But we presume all the right way and all the ingredients are done and they're, and it's done in a way that that's supposed to deliver it to your body better. You're able to better yeah, do that. I'm sure. <laughs> so when, when you when you're in the kitchen cooking up those. <laughs> E pills. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be right or not. No, but anyway, it's just very, very interesting. So we'll see where this goes. Um, uh, this thing, I, we, we, just the time on this, we, we, we're not running out of time, but like this horrible, horrible Virginia shooting, which was so terrible and, uh, and, and also, you know, racially motivated and, and, and not, not the ways we're used to seeing it, but terrible thing. But what, what, what our, our side of the story is, uh, my man, like, it's instantly shared this on Facebook and it was Twitter around and, and Twitter and Twitter and the question is really about the idea of this uh, uh, these autoplay features that like you know before and, and look both Twitter and Facebook did an excellent job of sort of taking this down immediately <coughs> shutting down his account however once it's out it's out and then they have all these autoplay features that you're seeing this heinous act autoplayed in your shit in your feed even if you don't want to see them mm-hmm. and so the question becomes what do we do about this this is the darker side of like uh, of instant sharing and, and I mean he didn't jump on Periscope thing guy, but like you know, this this is kind of stuff we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I mean it's I think it's the job of Facebook and Twitter to be able to shut it down, which they did. Right. So, and I mean, but that also sh- shows you that your stuff is being looked at. Your stuff is not, you know, your stuff is being looked at. So, I mean, if they have the potentiality to shut something down so fast, like it, it says a lot about the, the infrastructure of of that that platform. But I do feel because there are there are kids on Facebook and I mean just th- th- that type of footage is, is disturbing. So, yeah, like you you don't want that just to show up without you determining that for yourself that you want to watch that, right. you know. So, but yeah, that's, that's my take. Yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting. I mean, we, we, I want to dive in this a little deeper next week because there's a lot to say about it, but it's just it's just sort of, again, so not, this is more of the social responsibility curve catching up with the technology curve, so we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, speaking of social responsibility, Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Hateful Eight, is about to drop in a few months. Um, I'm very excited about this film. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> because... I'm a Tarantino fan. Okay. And I'm a fan of Westerns. Uh, and, and, and what, what, the, just two quick things he says about this is, number one, like, he, he, he talks about this article, this, this, this Vulture article interview that he, that he did, talking about how Westerns are, are this really, even though they're set in a very specific time, depending on what decade they're made, they always reflect the time that it's on. The third Westerns of the, 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 the 50s reflect like the Eisenhower sort of time. And, right. and the, the, the 60s were this counterculture Westerns. And the 70s, you had these like sort of ability kids, like a punk rocker dude. And you know, it's like, and, and, you know, they're more Watergate Westerns, as they called them. The 80s, it was like rah, rah, Reagan, back, back. And, um, it's like using that, though, that time as a canvas to be able to reflect what's happening at the time is something that's interesting. Um, 
that's the same thing that's kind of going on with, with Hateful Eight because it deals in a post-Civil War time and it deals with a lot of uh, very specifically racial issues. Um, Centered around you know white power structure and 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 black folks in particular, uh, he claims that he didn't really write it like that to be so timely as to what's going on right now. Um, he said like he that stuff was already in the script and all the stuff came out and he's like very happy that it like it's going to be able to open this discussion and he feels very proud of what he's done and um, I don't know I, I, I I'm, I'm interested to see I, I have does he the movie so secret that's really hard to talk about what's in it but we know that there's elements of that um, I don't know how you feel about uh, I'm, I'm, are you a Tarantino guy I'm a Tarantino guy 100% okay. you know what I'm saying I, I, I think that you know I think what he's going to develop with the hateful eight is going to be amazing uh, yeah. from a cinematographer's cinema perspective and just a narr- narrative's perspective I, I love the I love his 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 eye and his viewpoint in, in terms of how he executes films. Like it's action packed, it's filled with violence. I like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see like how he incorporates the you know the racial tension. And his last western, Django, was yeah. also full, you know, full, no, 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 western. Huh? I don't call that a western. Django's a western. A western. J- Django. I know, I know the, the genre. Original. Yeah. No, Django Unchained is, is is the that is how do you classify that movie? That is a western. Hmm. It is set in the west. He, the Django Unchained is a western. Set in the west? No. Louisiana is not in the no, west. I mean, I mean, it's set, it's set in the west. I'm set, <laughs> like, set, it's set, set in the west, but it's set, it's set in, in it's it's a western. I mean, in, 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 by, by genre it's set in the western time. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to say Django Unchained is not a western? Yeah, let's look it up. <laughs> we can look it up offline. One hundred percent. That's right. a western. Okay. One hundred percent. You might western. be right. It just that sounds weird. I know. A movie about slavery is a western. Well, it's 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 but the, but is Gloria western? No. <laughs> What's the difference? Glo- well, Glo- that's a good. That's a good point. Thank you. Because well, Gloria is a civil war movie. According slavery, to Wikipedia, huh? Django Unchained is a 2012 American Western film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Thank set you, in man. the Old West and antebellum something okay. or other. All right. Antebellum is not the, the West, though. Old West. Antebellum is the Deep South. But, I, but Old West is not is, is, is yeah, a term it just, to describe. Yeah, it literally just says that it's, it's I, a Deep it's West thing. It's just confusing. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I got well, that's actually a good point. Our Civil War is Western. I mean, our, our Civil War movies Western is Gloria Western. That's an interesting point. Okay, really quick. Quick hits. I didn't touch on this last week. I'm really excited about this. Star Wars Rogue One um, de- debuted, or, or talked about it, debuted at, at, at um, D23. I'm really, really excited about this. It's basically chronicles what happened between Episode 3 and Episode 4 of Star Wars. Um, if you're not familiar with Star Wars, uh, I'm sorry. I listen to the show. I'm sorry. But this, this talks about uh, how the Rebels obtain the plans for the Death Star. And so, you know, the Death Star is being built. That whole, like, in Star Wars, they kind of glossed over it. We obtained the plans for the Death Star. Here they are. Go kill it. And it's like, huh? How'd that happen? Right. So this actually tells the story of how that happened and who these people were. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. This, is, this is the thing about... You know, they're, they're expansion of the Star Wars universe. We have, you know, we have the, the movies that directly fall along the Luke Skywalker and Vader timeline. Right. And then they're going to do some other full-length feature films that sort of fill in some of the other parts. Looks good. It's directed by my man, um, oh God, what's the name of the dude? Directed Godzilla. The movie I like you didn't, but like, uh, I'm excited about that. Um, also, uh, you know, the Disney, Disney, Parks are going to get a Star Wars land um, all across the world. I know they, they in here in Anaheim they, they bought a whole. They're going to bulldoze down, um, uh, uh, not downtown Disney, but bulldoze down the, where their offices are. Team Disney, in, in, which is right by the freeway. There is a whole building right behind Toontown. They're they're bulldozing that down and making this giant sort of spaceport situation with a Millennium Falcon ride and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, you know the fact that like. Um, 
the fact that Disneyland here is landlocked has always been a thing like they can never expand. I just got to hand it to Disney for finding ways to expand that landlocked. Right. They they bulldoze, they bulldozed a parking lot, made California Adventure, and then built a, 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 one of the biggest parking structures in the world at the time. Right. Now they're looking back and they bulldoze their whole offices. <laughs> like say, we, don't right. need, we don't need these offices. We'll, we'll, we'll centralize in Burbank. Right. And then building Star Wars stuff. So And then all the other places. They got room in Florida and other places to do stuff like this. this that's not happening in Anaheim. Yeah. But um, I'm excited about this too, man. Star Wars is living on. The legacy of Star Wars lives on. I'm excited about the it. Legacy. Um, the legacy. The legacy. That's all I got, man. Do you, you care about your stuff? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland in a minute, so it would be cool. I mean, whenever this is built right. five, ten years from now, yeah. like, it would be great to see that. I mean, being that I'm a Star Wars fan, too, yep. be able to have rides and the whole just experience, experience like, you know, them building that out, I think it's dope. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love the experience. And stuff. I can't wait to see uh, uh, the, the new Western. New Tarantino Western. Hey, Hateful Eight's a Western. He did two Westerns back-to-back. Django and Hateful Eight. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, thank you for joining us here on Geek Nerd Tech. Uh, remember to check out DraftKings.com, promo code GEEK. Uh, Alexis, I didn't even introduce you today. I'm, that's okay. That's how horrible it's I big, am. It's not a big deal. We had a lot of stuff to get through. Oh, my God. Alexis, it's all right. But where um, can the people find you? You can find me all over social media as ATORS890. Don't forget to check out our sister network, Popcorn Talk, if you love movies. And if you love TV shows, go to AfterBuzz TV. Yes, Akili Shine. Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E-R-P. You can find me at, at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. Uh, you can also check uh, me and Akili out on a popcorn talk we did on Straight Out Compton with... Uh, with uh, Roxy and Phil. Oh, and yeah. That was also, a good one. That was a good one, yeah. yeah. And I also did we had a, we had a special guest there. Um, and I also did one on Man From Uncle. You can check that out as well. And uh, we did a special debate. Um, we did uh, NWA, NWA versus Public Enemy, mm-hmm. a debate. Uh, and I represented NWA, and I won that joint. So you can check that out on YouTube and um, iTunes as well. Thank you so much for listening. Check out DraftKings. We'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXO Bay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.